Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I am so glad that you've uh, joined me here today at the Busy Mom Podcast. I am podcasting to you from my little corner of the world in Battleground, Washington, and uh, looking around today thinking, all right, I'm ready for spring. (laughs) People ask me sometimes, you know, I travel a lot and I get to go to different parts of the country and speak, and people people will say to me, oh, it must be terrible to live in the Pacific Northwest. Rains and rains and rains. And I would just like to clear up a little misnomer. It doesn't rain as much as people think it does, at least not where I live right here. I know, I think as you get a little bit farther north up near Seattle, probably is a little bit more accurate. Um, but we were looking to move to Franklin, Tennessee, and we compared the rain totals in Franklin with the rain totals here in the Portland Uh, Oregon sort of metropolitan area, and they get more rain there. It's not the rain. It's the cloud cover that gets to people. So the clouds will sort of come in um, off of the Pacific Ocean, and they get socked in between here and the mountains. So like if you go to the eastern side of the state, they get a lot more sun because they don't have uh, that ocean weather and those ocean... uh, um, Uh, the storm fronts that tend to come down from Canada sort of over the ocean. So that's what we've been dealing with here for the last couple of of weeks. And I every day I sort of pick up my iPhone in the morning and I go to the weather app and I'm like, you know, you can sort of see, you know, and today's forecast is cloudy with a chance of clouds. That is what gets to people. And so I've been sort of turning on my happy lights. I was at the Goodwill a couple of months ago and I found a really great, um, happy lamp that uh, people, you know, you guys haven't heard of those. They're so, they are wonderful for people like me that tend to live um, in sort of cloudy and overcast parts of the country. This is the hardest uh, season of the year for me. So I'm, I'm pumping up on my vitamin D. I'm waiting for the sun to come out. And in the meantime, we're just keeping ourselves really, really busy. And we're turning on a lot of lights. So I'm sure that the electric bill is going to go up. Uh, for those of you who have not registered yet for Fearless, I want to remind you that I am speaking um, at a conference that I do for women, uh, appropriately entitled Fearless, because we're talking about fear. Also, I'm going to be debuting a brand new necklace that's going to be coming out in the line of jewelry that I uh, started a couple of years ago. I think you guys are going to love it. If you haven't checked out that jewelry, go ahead and take a peek at it. Actually, Dorinda, who normally does the podcast with me, her husband, Daryl, is the one who designs that jewelry for me. So I'll come up with an idea and kind of shoot some ideas at him, and then he um, he creates them. So the pendants are sterling silver. There's one that's uh, an arrow, and that is from Psalm 127, which I love. It's the, the imagery of Scripture, so powerful. It reminds us that our children have been given to us like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So that makes you, if you have children, that makes you a warrior. Also, the I love um, this idea of an arrow around my neck, around mine all the time to remind me that my job is to shoot my my arrows out into the world, right? Uh, we're not trying to, uh, our kids aren't boomerangs, right? They're not supposed to come back. We're trying to shoot our kids out into the world so that they can have an impact for the kingdom of God. So that's one of the uh, pendants. The other one actually says fearless on it um, with the scripture reference on the back I found in 2 Timothy that says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So and the new one, I'm going to keep it a secret, but you guys are going to love the new one. Uh, that'll be out in just a few weeks. And one other thing before I uh, pick up with part two of raising your kids, raising grateful kids is to let you know that my speaking schedule is up at the blog. So I should have a graphic up there also that kind of lists the places I'll be, and uh, our family is going to be out on the road, and I'm going to do something I don't normally do, and that is to ask for prayer. Um, We travel as a family, 
and have for about 10 years um, around the country every summer, just encouraging parents to raise their children to love and follow the Lord Jesus. And um, this summer, we have been incredibly blessed to be able to stay in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So we will be there for about three months, basing out of Chattanooga, which which will allow our family to drive to most of the places that we're speaking. And that means that we can keep our kids together. So, um, or t- keep our kids with us, Well, <laughs> keep them together. I don't know, that's gonna be up for debate. We'll see how we all feel at the end of the three months. But we leave um, for uh, Chattanooga around the 2nd of March. My husband will, he's driving. We're just driving our little Honda Odyssey out there. Um, and uh, we've, you know, over the years, we've done motorhomes, we've, um, last year, I did the whole season flying back and forth. This year, uh, we're just really, really blessed to be able just to drive out there and have a uh, a place to live so that we can drive back and forth and then come, come home and cook our own food during the week and that kind of thing. So keep us in prayer, if you will. We tend to drive about 15,000 miles in a summer when we're out with our kids. Uh, that's a lot of time to fight in the car. <laughs> And so um, I could tell, I could keep you entertained for hours with stories of things that have happened to us out on the road. So if you wouldn't mind just praying for safety, maybe um, maybe put maybe put me in your iPhone and I say have Siri remind you to pray for the St. John family. Uh, we'll be gone uh, starting that first week of March, and we will not be home until the middle of May. Um, so uh, and I'd love for you to come out and see us. So we'll have uh, four of our seven children with us all summer. And uh, I think my mom, our mom in love, might be coming as well. So hope that you guys will come out and uh, see us on the road. All right. So yesterday we were talking about, or Monday rather, we were talking about raising grateful kids uh, in a world of entitlement. And we kind of talked about what entitlement is. Entitlement is this idea that we uh, deserve something. Now, we don't necessarily, that we haven't earned, right? But we think we deserve it anyway, that we, you know, we think it's a right and uh, this is an attitude that is prevalent in our culture right now, and it's very, very troubling to me as a mom, but I want to raise my children um, to be content in the way that God says that they're supposed to be content. And one of the ways that we um, that we talk about uh, this contentment with our kids is to let them know that not everything is going to be handed to them. Um, and when they think that everything is going to be handed to them and they don't know how to work for it, Kristen uh, Welch, who wrote Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World, said that this breeds the greatest enemy of all, discontentment. And I could, I just cannot agree with her more. The Bible has so much to say about contentment, starting with the most basic things in Psalm 118. When we get up in the morning, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He doesn't say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and today you're going to get more stuff, and so you should be happy. He says, be thankful by recognizing that the, that the Lord has even given you the day at all, that we have... Um, a chance to uh, work and do something uh, with the time that God has given us in a way that will please the Lord and bring glory to Him. Um, I love Ecclesiastes uh, 2, verse 24. A man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. I love that. And the, and uh, one of the verses that I grew up writing a lot, my mom was a huge fan of making me write scripture verses, um, particularly when I was in trouble. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I wrote a lot as a kid was from Proverbs 6. Remember the story about um, the ant 
It says, take a lesson from the ant, you lazy bones. This is the NLT. I love, only the NLT would say lazy bones. Uh, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, here we go again, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra steep, a little more slumber, a little folding the hands to rest. And poverty will pounce you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. This is actually really important to teach your kids, to let them know that hard work is something that God values, and we want our children to work. We want them to do chores. This was one of the um, the big um, um, controversial posts, which they, some of the stuff that I post over at The Busy Mom and things that I've blogged about over the years, it just amuses me uh, th- that uh, parents are that it's controversial at all, like the idea of having your your children do chores. My friend Tony Anderson made a uh, like a chart that said this is what these are age appropriate chores for children, and she started very very young, like toddlers who were doing chores. And boy, the 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 uh, the backlash from some of the listeners and some of the readers was incredible to me. These parents who felt like their kids only get one shot at childhood and they shouldn't have to work, and how horrible is that? And I just thought, man, I do not want to run into your kid when he's 30 years old and doesn't know how to work. Um, and so you, we really can't blame the kids because as parents, oftentimes we're fostering this in them, right? We're we're the ones who are fostering uh, this idea that they're entitled, that they can sit around, that they can be lazy and they come home from school and you're just like, you know, oh, poor thing. Looks like you had to work today. You know, not that you shouldn't be kind to your children. That's that's not what I'm saying. But rather to, to um, be proud of them for the work that they do, to encourage them to do um, to do hard work. So uh, someone said to me a while ago, it might have even been last year, you know, talking about this, this culture of entitlement that our kids are being raised in. And she was saying, you know, these these kids and, and really frustrated with uh, millennials, really frustrated with, you know, 10-year-olds who think that they deserve iPhones and that kind of thing. And I thought, you know, you, we really... Um, it's wrong for us to blame the kids. It's like uh, Ken Ham's book, you know, Already Gone, talking about how we've lost a generation of, of kids. But you know what, you guys, we don't just lose a generation of kids. I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. You don't, we do not just wake up one day and have um, selfish entitled kids. You don't lose a generation of kids. You lose a generation of parents, and then you lose a generation of kids. And so I'm really here to talk to uh, parents just to sort of sound the alarm and say, this is important. Um, it's important that we pay attention to the attitudes that we're fostering first in our own lives, right, toward maybe our own uh, need for accumulating things and thinking that we have, um, that we can't. Never mind, I'm back up. So for accumulating things and not being able to discern the difference between something that we want and something that we need. This is something that Jay and I have worked on with our kids uh, quite a bit in recent years is just to say, hey, let's talk about the difference between this thing that you want, but you say that you need. And what is the difference between a want and a need? I think this generation doesn't really understand that. And it's not because the kids... um, are trying to rebel against their parents. It's because the kids haven't been taught the difference. So I'm gonna refer to uh, Kristen's blog post uh, today because I wanna just go through her list. Some of them I've already, I'm just looking at it for the first time, pulled it up here. Some of them I've already gone over, but she kind of gives a list of 10 ways that they fight the entitlement battle in their home and some things that they're trying to do to live counterculturally in this area 
uh, specifically. So the first thing is that they ask their kids for hard work, which um, I spoke about uh, on Monday at the podcast. And she's saying, look, her kids get their own laundry basket. They take over washing, folding, and putting their clothes away when they turn eight. I love that. We do a very similar thing in our house. Uh, Two, they don't make unrealistic promises. She says that they regularly tell their kids not to expect them to pay for college. Ding dong. You know, I we have seven children, my husband and I. And we have told our kids uh, they can expect that we are not going to pay for them to go to college. We want them to earn scholarships and to learn how to go after grant money, uh, which is uh, what my husband and I both did when we went to, to college. We want them to focus on um, what their gifted areas are. Um, and so I think uh, Kristen makes a great point. Don't make unrealistic promises for your kids. She says, three, they stick to consequences. If we suggest a consequence, we commit to seeing it through as often as we can. I love that she admits this. I've come up with some stupid consequences in my day and regretted my rash tongue, right? Uh, me too. <laughs> so we, you know, Jay and I are always telling parents, uh, if, if you dish out a consequence to your kid, be prepared to, to follow through. So sometimes when I dish out a consequence, it actually ends up being harder on me than, than on my children. Four, we limit media. We talked about this uh, Uh, on Monday. Five, we're exposing them to the real world. She says, I'm a firm believer that an entitlement attitude is in direct correlation to perspective. When you're only looking and thinking about yourself, you can only see what you want. But when you remove blinders and see the needs around you in the world, it alters your perspective. Exposing our kids to other cultures and how the most of the world really lives stirs up gratitude like nothing else. Amen to that. Six, we extend grace. Uh, Living by a bunch of strict rules of do's and don'ts isn't the answer. And I want to just sort of add to that right here. Um, something that Jay and I have learned, especially as our kids have gotten uh, now several of them into adulthood, um, the the uh, the saying that rules without relationship equals rebellion is really, really true. And so we want to extend grace to our kids whenever we can. And sometimes that means that we're flexible with the rules uh, that we make, right? Like who doesn't need grace from time to time? So we want not to have homes that are legalistic. We want to be wise in our parenting. Uh, Seven, Kristen says, we are examples in our mistakes. Ouch, right? This is the hardest. Uh, When I compare and complain, I'm leading by example. But when I, as a mom, am thankful and gracious, um, my kids are watching and they're going to to, uh, hopefully imitate the good things I do as well as the bad things. Bing, keep that in mind. Eight, we are raising our kids to be different. Our society has low expectations. We expect toddlers to get what they want and teens to be rebellious. And instead of helping our kids fit into every area, um, helping our kids fit in every area of their lives, an impossibility really, right? We encourage them to go against the flow and remind them we're supposed to be different. Um, We are not just going to compromise our beliefs um, or our lives uh, when when the culture demands it, right? I love that. And nine, we rely on God. Uh, she says, by far, parenting is the hardest job. And honestly, there are so many days that we don't know what to do. Our kids belong to God. He loves them more than we do. He wants to guide us down the hard roads. I love that. That's great encouragement from Kristen Waltz. If you haven't picked up her book, I hope you'll do that. I'll link back to it at the show notes today. And I want to encourage you, you can raise grateful kids in an entitled world because you have uh, the power of the living God at your disposal. He says that he will give you what you need when you ask for it, that he loves you, and that he loves your kids immeasurably more than you can even imagine. I'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.